Just a small note on that hymn we were just singing. Um, one of the things I've discovered, at least with the other two churches, is for whatever reason, that's a hymn that not a lot of people learned. And it's not because it wasn't in the old hymnal. It was there, and it had the exact same tune, exact same words. But for whatever reason, it has been neglected, which I kind of think was, it's kind of sad because that third verse is traditionally sung at bedsides when somebody's on their last hours. And I've had the opportunity to try to sing it at bedsides in the la- a few times since I've been here. Because those first words, Lord, at l- let at last thine angels come. Very appropriate. But anyways, the, hit, the text for this day is taken from John 16, which was read earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to let you in on a secret. I have never been pregnant. Believe it or not. And I don't expect I'm going to get pregnant at any point in my life in the near future or ever because I lack a uterus. But, and by the way, it was not intentional that this reading happened to talk about a baby being born. But it just worked out that way. So I don't know exactly what it's like to be pregnant, but for those Women who have, for some of us, it's been really recent. When you know the anguish and the pain that goes through pregnancy. It's a long period, but that moment when the ch- child was born, the moment when Audrey was first born, did you all of a sudden turn to a sudden shot of joy just seeing her for the first time? Granted, you probably had some painkillers that maybe made it easier, but even still... You saw this new child. And the, the anguish that had passed was quickly a past memory. And all was thought on was on the new child born. See, last week I talked about the way that the devil is always trying to work on us. The devil try, is always outside of the church wandering around, and actually he kind of weaves himself into the church. And he tries to talk to us. And he wants to convince us that the way you could tell God's favor is based upon how good your life is. He wants to convince us that when things are good, obviously God must like you. And when things are bad, God must be angry with you. The devil wants us to think that. 
and we tend to listen to it pretty well. A good example of this is how we view our own nation. The United States of America, not all people, but many Christians will claim that the United States is God's chosen nation, which the Bible does not say that. And if you remember at the end of the book of Revelation what it says about adding to God's word, don't do it. But that is what we do when we try to claim it. And the reason we want to claim it is because we'll say, well, you know, um, the United States is wealthy. It is more wealthy. It's more powerful than any other nation in the world. And we're, we're supposed to be a Christian nation. However, if you look at the history of our, our country, we were not founded as a Christian nation, but as a deist nation. In other words, we believed in God, but we believed in a God that created the world and said, ah, I'm done, let's see what happens. It's kind of like the person that sets up a, um, a, just sets up a gizmo and just wants to watch it work. He doesn't, care. he doesn't care if it works, he's just watching if it does or not. That's kind of the way a deist views it. That's how the founding fathers of our country viewed God. In fact, Thomas Jefferson the person who wrote the Declaration of Independence actually rewrote the New Testament. He wrote it so that Jesus did not rise from the dead, and in fact, Jesus did not commit, did not perform any miracles. So that tells you the kind of Christian he was. He denied Christ pretty much altogether. And so reality is, and even modern day, and this is not to say we shouldn't be grateful for what we have as blessings. This is not to say there's not good in our country, but the caution of us saying that it's the chosen nation. Believe it or not, when you come to, I don't know if you realize this, when you come to the church, you don't come as an American citizen. You come as a citizen of the heavenly kingdom. So in other words, if somebody, because that's why you could have somebody come here from Zimbabwe, and you're, you're, a, part of, you're a citizen of the same kingdom. But when you go outside of this church, you're a citizen of the United States. But just because our country prospers does not mean it is a great, it is the, it is the chosen nation. In fact, Israel, if you look at it, was a small nation. It was a weak nation. It was surrounded by empires far more powerful than it. The Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians... They all rose and stood tall and powerful, and they fell. But the Israelites kept going. And they are the only ones that could ever say that they're God's chosen earthly nation. See, the thing is, is just because there's a, the movie, there's a movie called God's Not Dead, in which many of you know I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but there's one scene I do like. And there's a scene where uh, this, old, this, young, this man, who's a businessman, he's sitting in a room with his mother, and his mother has really severe Alzheimer's. And he's sitting there, and I'm not getting the quotes exact, but just kind of bear with me on it. He says, you know, I, look at me, look at me. I am one of the meanest people there are. You are one of the nicest. I am rich. You are poor. 
I am successful and you cannot remember anything. How do you explain that to me? To which the mother says, again, I'm paraphrasing, the devil likes us to be comfort, comfortable in our cell. He wants us to be comfortable with all the knickknacks and all the comforts of this world. The cell door may be wide open, but we like our cell just fine. We're afraid of what might be beyond that door, and so we stay in there until the door is shut. And to add to it, when the door is shut, the devil looks for the day when that cell comes collapsing in on our head. The devil wants us to be comfortable in this world. Because we might begin to believe that this world is all right. He wants us to be comfortable. He wants us to decide that we want to just stay here. Everything's wonderful in this world. But we know it isn't. To step through that cell door, which Audrey, when she was baptized, that was her stepping through that cell door. Stepping out of the prison cell. The chains, the shackles that she was born to being broken. And yes, living in a world in rebellion to God, it's comfortable, it's easier now. There's some nice things that might come with it. But in the end, the treasures are not so wonderful. The nation of Israel, when they were, they were freed from the slavery, of e slavery in Egypt, 400 year, 430 years they were in slavery. And they went through the waters of the, the Red Sea, almost like their baptism. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They had, days were not easy. There was time, there's a point where they got bitten by snakes. Granted, it was kind of their fault. But there's a lot of bad moments. And eventually they said, why did you lead us out into the wilderness to die? We would be so much better off in Egypt. Just as the, as we wander in this world, the wilderness of our lives with the suffering and the torment, the devil wants to point, say to us, look at yourself. Look at where you were. You were so much better. You're going to just die where you're at. Go over here. It's a lot better. It's a lot more comfortable. And we see it and it's easier to come to. And he wants us to focus on our suffering. And even more, he wants to focus us to focus on how some people seem to suffer less than we do. Although he never wants us to consider that just because it looks like someone's life is together, it may actually fall, be falling to pieces and you don't know it. And so he wants us to go back. To go back what looks easy. But our God does along the way gives us little moments of joy. Moments like a child being born. Moments like that sun shining through the windows right now. The green grass out there. Anybody miss the snow? Right, anybody? So, I know somebody might really, really love snowmobiling or something. But nobody seems to miss that. We have the beautiful, where the weather is, the world is beautiful. On Tuesday afternoon, I decided to drive around Sioux City 
and had stopped at some of the parks. And I don't know if you know that Sioux City is actually kind of a nice city. There's some very nice areas. There's some areas that may not be so nice, but it's, got, it's a very nice city. But enjoy the beautiful sunny day, the blue skies, the, the flowing waters of the, of the Missouri River. God gives us these little glimpses of joy because it is just a foretaste of what he has in store for you. The Lord's Supper is a foretaste of a massive feast. Think of the best Thanksgiving dinner, or if you know, you're going to have a meal this afternoon. Think of however awesome of a meal you've ever had. You have one much, much better coming. This, the Lord's Supper is a foretaste of that. See, he gives these little glimpses. But in the world, there is still suffering. So that we may not be comfortable. That we may never be forsaken make the mistake and believe that this world is where we want to be. To keep us reminded that a much better world is coming. The nation of Israel was looking forward to the promised land, which is now Jerusalem. We look forward to the resurrection of the body. Today, when Audrey was baptized, eternal life began for her. Though she will face a physical death, and I know that's hard to think of at this point, but every one of us face a physical death. It will not be forever. For that body will rise. Baptism makes that a guarantee. As Jesus said, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take your joy from you. No one will take your joy. Far greater than anything you can imagine. We suffer because we are his, we do suffer in this world because we are his children. And it's to prepare us for a glory and joy and a world where suffering is the farthest thought. And it will be all forgotten. Just as when a new child is born, the joy is there, and you have a greater one to come. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting.